0: Uh, hi, I'm Kenny Florian. Uh, I'm a former mixed martial arts uh, fighter, and um, now I am a podcaster. Uh, I'm a commentator. Uh, I do play by play, or I do, sorry, uh, color commentary for the PFL on ESPN, and um, uh, still a martial artist and, and enjoying it.
1: Nice. So, where does your, would you describe yourself as a Bitcoiner as well?
0: I I definitely would, uh, you know, qualify myself as a Bitcoiner. Um, I started, uh, being interested, I guess, in Bitcoin back in like 2016, 2017. Uh, and you know, it's, it's been an interesting process at first. It was kind of like, Oh, okay. This is an interesting technology where I feel I can make some money. And that honestly was my first, um, kind of thing Uh, that was kind of my first interest and then from there kind of snowballed into uh, something that actually changed me uh which is pretty interesting and and i found um, i think a lot of parallels um and a lot of uh, positivity from um being in the space and learning about bitcoin um similar to uh, being involved with you know brazilian jitsu to start and and other martial arts
1: so what did that early Adoption looked like for you. How did how did you find out about Bitcoin, and then what what led you to keep learning about it?
0: I was living in Los Angeles at the time, uh, and I had a buddy of mine who was pretty entrepreneurial and was involved in just a variety of things. And he told me about this thing called Bitcoin, um, and kind of loosely introduced me to it. Seemed very interesting, um, and you know, I I, I considered. Uh, investing um, for a long time. And like so many other people who get into Bitcoin, um, I, I think I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm probably late. And, and, you know, and Bitcoin was just so cheap back then. But I was like, ah, I think I missed the boat on it. You know, should I do it? Is this a thing that's going to be something? Um, and I, I hesitated for a long time. Uh, and I remember kind of forgetting about it a little bit and, and going back to it and looking at the price and it had gone up significantly. Uh, and at the time, I think I had a few different, few different real estate properties and was kind of had my money tied up, but still like was considering it, um, decided to hold off. And, uh, finally, I think in like either late 2016 or early 2017, I kind of made the plunge, um, and, and, and bought some, um, Bitcoin, um, and yeah, just, uh haven't looked back since and I've learned so much, I feel like, um, you know, over the last few years, but especially probably since the pandemic, I kind of really focused in on listening to as much as possible and consuming as much as I could from podcasts and um, and different materials on the internet and um, just really looking into the space and, and trying to understand it the best that I could. Uh, and just found it extremely interesting and, and kind of went down that rabbit hole and uh, definitely still in it uh, today
1: yeah I had a I had a similar experience where uh, the pandemic really ramped up um, how much time I had to dedicate uh, not just I won't say just learning because a lot of it was like entertainment based I would just be on yeah you know clubhouse or Twitter just talking to bitcoiners and that right that really kind of pulled me down the rabbit hole a little bit. So do you think it was the pandemic or the kind of like having cycle and election that propelled the price or, or how do you, how do you figure um, that price action plays in that we get every four years?
0: Uh, You know, it's hard in in any domain to kind of point to just one or two things. I, I, I do feel like you know, it's a little bit more complicated than say just the having or the pandemic, I think in a lot of ways, I think, you know, a lot of people are educating themselves way more uh, on this. A lot of people had a lot more time uh, because of the pandemic. Um, But um, I I think, yeah, you know, I I think that with um, just kind of the complex nature of investments and money and all that stuff, I think that, People are understanding more and more about that stuff, and I also think that you know uh, the information on Bitcoin is is becoming more readily available. And of course, with the internet, you know, information travels so quickly, and everything from social media to YouTube to all the things that are out there. I feel like um, you know it's created this um, kind of perfect storm. Um, But I, I think you're right as far as some of the main factors. No question about it. That I think the pandemic, the election um, has kind of created this impetus for people to come out and, and, and really learn about what's going on out there. Uh, and I, I think that in, in many ways, um, you know, the, the various governments themselves have been um, the best forms of, of advertisements in a lot of ways, just with the way a lot of things are, are, are happening out there in the world. I feel like, you know, um, whether it's authoritarian regimes or authoritarian policies, I think it's getting people to think a little bit deeper and a little bit harder about what's going on out there. Um, and I, I think at the root of that, um, you know, people are finding out it, it is a lot about money. Um, and you know, when you think about you know, things like where you live and what job you have and how much money you're bringing in and when those things are kind of in question here with the pandemic, whether you were allowed to work or not, I think um, it forces people um, to think in more creative ways and to think in deeper ways to try to solve their issues.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to look to other sources of, of income. Yeah. I've noticed um, just in reading, if you look at other hyperinflation events in history, and I'm not saying that we're in hyperinflation, but just sure. if you you know, there have been, around 50 of them throughout history and if you look most of those societies devolve into like widespread degenerate gambling just people basically losing hope and and trying to you know find a way just a long shot to make money to stay afloat so so it became interesting to me I don't know if it was just my experience of it or if the um the pandemic really put you know like millions of young people onto Robinhood and platforms where they could where they could trade instantly (laughs) right well i I
0: know a lot i had a lot of friends that um you know whether they had a jiu-jitsu academy or not or were kind of you know had their own businesses or whatever and those were shut down um i know a lot of people that uh turned to day trading and um and and some very successfully. But yeah, I I think that this definitely, um, you know, pushed people to look for other ways to to try to make money and and be creative and um, for better or worse. And um, I think, you know, people finding out about Bitcoin and and, um, looking to, um, you know, looking to kind of understand how money works and what's going on in the world. I I think it's going to take you know, it's an even longer process, I think, but um, I think we're getting there, and it's happening. And um, you know, based on you know inflation and everything that's going on out there, I think um, you know we, we're finally kind of getting those resources and that information out there for people to to learn about Bitcoin and and um, find about find out about why it's so important, why it is so game changing.
1: Yeah. So you you made an interesting point. that that i agree with I, i think which is that the government's mishandling of money is what propels a lot of people to find bitcoin and what maybe not what gives it its value but maybe something that accelerates its adoption is something like you know whatever you want to call them governments or these regimes debasing everybody's property um so so What I wonder is, is there a world in your mind for Bitcoin to exist, even if the government's behaving, like let's say they don't print money for the next uh, four years? What what do you think would happen? Yeah,
0: I I think that um, generally speaking, I I think it's hard to um, for humans in general to not be corrupted in some way, shape or form, and that anytime someone gets a certain amount of power, um, they can be exploited. And, you know, whether it's not happening or whether, you know, the potential is there, I I think the most important thing is that is trust, right? And Bitcoin is based on trust and truth. And, um, you know, having things that can be verified and, and taking out the human um, element. Um, it, it is that human element where things can be corrupted. Um, and I think people are finding out that um, centralization and um, anytime you get a group of individuals together, that uh, things can be compromised. Bitcoin is one of those things that takes that out of it. It is, it is not centralized. It is not um, up to the decision-making of humans. Um, uh, and, and far as like, you know, people, uh, printing more Bitcoin or, you know, mm-hmm. handing out more Bitcoin to people that that is all done, um, by math and, and handled by, you know, uh, the Bitcoin network and, 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 the miners and, and, and the exchange and all that stuff of, of people, um, you know, but it, people are deciding whether to buy it or not, and people are selling and things like that. But it's not, um, it, it's not like the government is is handling any of that money, and it's not like you know uh, it, it only available to a few people. It, it's available to anyone uh, who is willing to buy it and 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 be a part of it. So um, I think that shift alone is huge, and it, I think it's the beginning of something much much bigger.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I, I, I agree. I don't think we know the implications uh, of this yet by any means. Um, and I'm not talking about the future price because I, I think that uh, Bitcoin's value for the most part lays like outside of its US dollar price. Um, although I will admit, I probably wouldn't have found it if it wasn't so expensive and didn't become increasingly more so. I think like, like people come for that number go up, but you end up staying just, just for the Bitcoin because it's, because it's immune to governance and because it's doesn't rely on trust and no one can debase the amount that I have. Um, That's my property. And I would say that's also the only, the way I think of it anyway, is that's the only property that I have that really can't be taken from me or taxed or you know if i if i didn't let it um so i was wondering how you think of bitcoin more as an asset or a property or energy or how do you how do you define it for yourself gosh i, I think what makes it so interesting
0: is the fact that it is many of those things it, it is um, a form of monetary energy it is a form of digital property Um, It is something that is, you know, transferable. I could send it to you, you could send it to me, um, you can exchange in it. Um, It is something that is uh, immune, as you said, um, to external factors or to human decision making. Um, It is highly protected um, and outside of the reach of any group or government. Um, So um, it's a fascinating concept. And I think for the first time in human history, you can actually have something that is truly yours that, that can't be messed with. Um, You know, even our real estate, our property, um, you know, can, can be messed with, can be taken over whether it's eminent domain or, you know, even some individual who decides to walk in your home and and try to take something, whether they want to steal your car or, you know, steal something that's inside your home. Bitcoin is one of those things. So long as you you know you know what you're doing with your wallet and all that stuff, um, it, it will remain on the network no matter what. No one can go into uh, Bitcoin and take it from you necessarily. Uh, they could do something to you uh, and, and try to take it to you, but t- take it from you. But um, you know, in many cases, as Michael Saylor says, you know, no one can go into your town, kill everybody in it and steal your gold. You know, they, they don't get a chance to do that, um, that um, no one uh, can go in and just take your Bitcoin from you. Um, they can threaten you, they can kill you, but they actually can't get away with the Bitcoin if you don't want them to. So I think that alone makes it really interesting. Um, and I think that it, it really is this um microcosm of capitalism and, and um uh, everything from the miners to uh the network and and how it's sold and how people view the value i think it's you know maybe the only free market that we actually have
1: yeah i think even if it's um uh, not there yet uh, maybe some people would argue i think it's the only thing that potentiates a free market because like in order to have yeah. a free i think market, that's fair yeah, like in order to have one, you have to have unstoppable transactions, right? Uh, you know, as it may sound bad, but for better or for worse, like you, people have to be able to transact for things that don't necessarily align with the law. And I'm, I'm not really advocating for that, right? But I don't know, especially after this year, I, I'm pretty confident in saying that I don't trust the government uh, to have my best interests in mind. So I guess the, the follow-up question to that would be, has Bitcoin um, influenced maybe your your politics or your interest uh, in, in politics in any way?
0: I don't know. Um, I think that it, it, it. I've always kind of been interested in, in politics, I guess. But in some ways, it almost... Um, In some ways it influences and in some ways it's almost like you don't care if you're involved with bitcoin (laughs) in some ways because they don't get a they don't get a choice in the matter um you know of course there's there's going to be certain things that they're going to try to do and and that they may do but um i don't know i I think that's what kind of makes bitcoin so interesting um but uh i think it it is one of those things that is universal no matter where you're from and what kind of government you have Um, I think that um, you you do realize that uh, much of the the root of of what's going on as far as a lot of the um, decision making, a lot of the control is happening because of these governments and and their willingness to try to um, control the money and and a lot of the big institutions and corporations and banks and central banks and um, are really have a, a huge amount of control out there. And I think Bitcoin is is starting to take that away from them and, and give power back to the people, I think, in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, I, I I hope it's one of those things that will help um, get rid of a lot of the silliness in politics. Um, I think if Bitcoin is able to uh, grow even more, I think that it's one of those things that hopefully will will help solve a lot of the issues that's happening out there um but uh i don't know i guess i guess we'll see
1: yeah i think it's an interesting point i think it it is in some ways outside of politics like it seems to me that uh like developments in bitcoin and surely the network are kind of orthogonal to politics like we always compare the you know bitcoin to u.s dollars but there's there's no mention of US dollars in the Bitcoin code. Like it has nothing to do with US dollars. I think they don't have any effect truly on on how this um, in the grand scheme of things works. So if it's outside of the law in that way, I think it also produces, I mean, wonderful solutions to certain problems we've had in society, but I think That's also why when you go on to something like Bitcoin, Twitter, or I don't know if you've spent any time there, but Bitcoiners, like certain groups of them tend to devolve into like anarcho, like, you know what I mean? Like really anti-government sentiment and like hardcore, or they think they're libertarian. I don't know if anyone really wants to, you know what I mean? Like, what do you do when you get sick? But like, I don't Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah, it kind of opens up a whole can of worms. That's, that's pretty fun to think about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So how, if at all, uh, just recently I found out and was writing about um, Jorge Masvidal's, uh, you know, partnership or uh, namesake um, game bread fighting championship is giving uh, Bitcoin to, you know, fight of the night. Submission of the night. Uh, he's giving them hardware wallets with Bitcoin on it, and I—I've always been an advocate for fighters to get paid in Bitcoin. But now, and on some scale, it's actually happened. So, have, have you thought about that at all?
0: Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, and and kind of my mind was blown when I when I heard the news. Um, yeah, I I, I think that, and listen, I think a lot of people, no matter what what job you do, um, you know, takes pride in what they do. And, and, you know, people believe that they're, they work very hard to earn their money. Uh, but fighters, especially, I think that, you know, uh, the lifestyle of a fighter is a brutal one. You know, I remember training three times a day and, you know, watching what I eat and, you know, every single day that you come home or every training session, you're sore as hell, you're beat up mentally, spiritually, physically, sometimes. And, Um, you know, and then that's not even the fight. Like you still need to go out there and fight and and perform. And, um, there's so much involved in that process, whether it's, you know, investing in your training and getting the equipment you need, or, you know, flying out to wherever you need to fly out to train with whoever you need to train with in order to get better, or, you know, bringing out your coaches or, you know, paying your coaches, or, you know, there's a lot of expenses in that process to do it now, uh, and earn dollars you better be making a hell of a lot of money and the reality is most fighters aren't making a hell of a lot of money um and i love the idea that you can make a hard money and it can also expand uh, over time that you can put that money away you can have that money you could actually put it into a savings like right the bitcoin network and and you know, five years down the line, 10 years down the line, you'll have a hell of a lot more than what you did before. Um, you know, and I think this is this is an issue with a lot of different people. But, you know, if you're working your ass off um, to make money and it's worth less than what it was before, w- what are you doing? What's going on? Um, and I think that, you know, that's that's the beauty of Bitcoin. Um, and I think it's it's the perfect thing for a lot of people. But I think especially Um, Someone like a professional mixed martial arts fighter who, you know, if you're doing it right, you're, you're literally killing yourself in a lot of ways to, to become as, as good as possible.
1: Yeah. And even, you know, any, uh, sort of like career or career that's paid in fiat money right now, if you didn't get like a four or five six percent pay increase you you got a pay cut this year
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> you know yeah exactly it's crazy and and you know but you know most people I'm not sure if they're aware of it and and that's kind of the sad thing is that it is this um you know uh secret way of of stealing uh from you and uh most people I, I don't think well I, maybe not most people maybe I'm exaggerating but I think a lot of people, Uh, aren't really aware of those implications. And I think that, you know, for a lot of people, it's scary to do something different. It's scary to be in charge of your own life. A lot of people, whether it's because of, um, you know, following certain dogma or following a certain uh, mode of being, um, they don't want to look outside of that. They just want to say, yeah, you know, it's, it, inflation's happening, but what am I going to do about it? Um, I, I don't I don't know about this Bitcoin thing. You know, how do I know it's not going to be worth zero, you know, uh, in a couple of years or whatever it is, whatever the argument is. Um, and people are kind of lazy and don't want to do the research and don't want to look into it. And I think that that's kind of the worst part Um So, you know, any any of my friends that are either in the mixed martial arts space or otherwise, I I always tell them to, to do the work and learn as much as possible about it, what, what, you know, how it differs from the current system and, and how you can kind of take charge and and actually put money away for the future is right now that's, that's just not happening. And I think it's what also encourages people to go out and get a lot of shit that they don't really need, um, you know, it's like, well, if this money is worth less, let me just spend it on stupid stuff that I actually don't need. Um, And it's just, you know, kind of, you know, you're just kind of digging, digging a hole for yourself, which is, uh, you know, not, not ideal, especially during these times.
1: Yeah, it's, I think, I mean, I think a lot of people would like to give the, the Fed, the benefit of the doubt in that, oh, some of these repercussions are just like unanticipated, like just give them you know a little bit longer leash to print a little more money and it'll yeah. help solve these problems. It's like, well, this has been going on for 200 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At this point, right. if, you, if you understand how inflation works, I mean, it's insidious, like it is taxation. Mm-hmm. It's stealing your time. Literally, every second that you spend working is being reeled back in by someone else, um, which is unfortunate. I mean, whether and to what extent we should be obligated to pay for the things we enjoy as citizens can be debated. But I don't think yeah. that um, I don't think that inflation is the way. And I think I think Bitcoin proves that. You can have a finite amount of monies and it's enough to like fund an entire system, if not like an entire globe of economy. you know I Absolutely. mean the, yeah, and the fact that we're capped just ensures that whatever time you spent you know in the gym working for that big paycheck after you win your fight, I mean, you're gonna keep that that paycheck. It's not going to be debased when you're down like it's worthwhile to save absolutely. And and it's
0: all out there in the open, you know, you you know, how much Bitcoin is out there, you know, how much Bitcoin you own, you know, you know, what the value is and whatever currency you use. Um, And we don't know how many dollars are out there, you know, even, you know, for those gold bugs out there, you you don't really know how much gold is out there or how much gold is uh, still in the earth or out in the universe or whatever it is. Um, So with with Bitcoin, you get that absoluteness. You you get that, um, you know, certainty uh, and that truth, which you y- you can't get anywhere else, really.
1: Uh, yeah, it's audit auditable, right? Yes. You can anyone that runs a node can can verify. You know, don't trust you don't trust Coinbase.com to tell you how many Bitcoin mm-hmm. are. You know, verify it. You, yes. Eventually, I think all roads lead lead to that and I think it like we were talking about the shoe horse kind of of like uh, sorry the horseshoe of like the education cycle earlier and how it it kind of leads you back to um self-sovereignty and like self-edifying practices of find out what exchange is the best don't just go to the first commercial like you try out a bunch at first Mm -hmm. right but then you kind of settle on your Bitcoin strategy and you, you consistently try to improve it, at least in my experience. So my question yeah, would be, what's your big, absolutely. Strategy? Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just, going yeah. To so, yeah.
0: So um, I, I, I have, um, you know, I, I guess a, a couple different strategies and, and some that are uh, I'm adjusting as we speak, but um, yeah, so I, I definitely have, um, you know, my own Bitcoin that I hold. Um, I have other, you know, other stuff um, that uh, I, I guess is being, um, you know, I have in my retirement that's, you know, not under my control right now, um, but that will be uh, under my control. Um, and I think it's important for um, people to figure out ways to uh, be in charge of, of, of their assets, truly be in charge of their assets. And I think Bitcoin helps you to kind of understand that. Um, and yeah, I think that um, you know it. I guess it's a lot like martial arts, where you know you can learn stuff from people, um, and but at the end of the day, you know you're going to find out what's true and, and what's true um, for everyone, but also what's true for you and and the way that you think and the way that you live your life and the way that you you know your body is or whatever it is. I think that um, you know it is. One of those things that um, is a constant learning process, and I think it is evolving in that space. But I do think that, um, you know, being in charge of your own Bitcoin, whether it's running your own node and all that stuff is stuff that people should look at, look into. um, And I don't think I mean, and and that's why even in in this, I guess, relatively early stage, I I do think it's one of those things that is going to take the power out out of the banks, you know the banks aren't going to be able to uh, be in charge of your life. You know, to think that you need to ask permission for an entity that's holding your money, that's investing your money, and you have to ask them for permission to send your money somewhere is going to be a ridiculous thought. You know, in only a few years from now, I, I would think so. It's already a ridiculous thought, but people are so used to you know, uh, paying wire fees or, you know, asking if they're allowed to, um, you know, take out something over $10,000 or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's, um, it's crazy, but this is the world we're in. And I think that, um, questioning, questioning what's, what's happening right now and, and questioning yourself, Um, are all things that are are important in any aspect of your life, whether it's martial arts or, you know, um, are you living the life that you want to live? And is this something that you can control or isn't it? Um, So I, I don't know. I think we're we're living in interesting times right now. I think Bitcoin is changing so much.
1: Yeah. And I don't know
0: if I answered your question, but I kind of was all over the place, but.
1: (laughs) That's all right. We're just covering a little bit of everything here. So, I like this idea. And again, if you if you end up on the Bitcoin Twitter or something, you can get kind of like a violent opposition to to other ideas. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't agree that there's like a marketplace of competing things that are trying to be Bitcoin like People and we don't have to get into that, but thing like there's a fundamental difference between Bitcoin and all these other altcoins, right? And that is that those are all susceptible to a majority or a small minority governing your funds, right? So there's yes. a fundamental like difference in the guarantee of property rights between between those things. Um, however, that doesn't mean just because there's one stable protocol that is bitcoin that that is a one size fits all solution for everybody right like even as you mentioned you have some bitcoin that you keep in like a hardware wallet and you have some that is money you could not allocate to a hardware wallet therefore it's in a retirement account you know for institutional buyers the solution may be a bitcoin etf in canada like, right, right. So there's, how do you think about all these, if you will, like derivatives or other, even banks, uh, like Vast Bank actually will custody Bitcoin for you. That's a U.S. chartered bank that will yeah. hold your Bitcoin for it, it which is, it seems super ironic and like crazy, right? But <laughs> yeah, but to me, that's still better than no Bitcoin. If you know,
0: I, yeah. I, I agree. You know, I, I think it's always best to hold your own Bitcoin. Of course, um, you know, I think that goes without saying. But um, I, I think it 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 comes down to, um, you know, how much do you trust yourself and how much do you trust other entities and um, you know what's the history of that trust and how long have they been in business and whether what are they doing and um, and what are you doing to um, question your own process. Um, and what are you willing to take charge of? Um, I I think uh, on the other hand of things to be like, okay, I'm going to take charge of it and I'm going to hold my own Bitcoin. And now you're reckless with it and you end up losing it anyway. (laughs) You know, it's like, so you you have to, you have to educate yourself on it and, and be prepared for those steps. And I think you know, kind of what I've been doing. I've been slowly just taking more and more control over over my um, Bitcoin, and and um, you know, plan on doing more of that uh, in the future. So I think that um, you know, it it's it's a process, and also I imagine you know things technologically are going to advance and change uh, over time as well. So um you know open to those possibilities but i think at, at the end of the day o- owning your own bitcoin is, is is crucial and and being a part of the space i mean there's some people who are like you know i'm i'm going to invest in bitcoin mining instead of bitcoin i don't know um and as far as you know how they look at other you know altcoins and and chip coins or whatever you want to call it um you know i think people a lot of times blindly just look at how much money can I make on this? And that's it. Yeah. That's the only thing on their yeah. mind. And, and that's kind of how I got into Bitcoin, but the reality is that Bitcoin changes you as you learn to, uh, as you learn about it more and more um, you realize uh, it's importance and, um, and it's global importance and, and how it really can change humanity um, for the better. But um, you know, it is, it is a process and, and um, I hope that, that people just keep learning more about it.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, I think like, for example, when I was really trying to evangelize, uh, for Bitcoin just because I was excited about it. Like I couldn't not talk to people. I knew about it. People that didn't know anything about it. Um, Like, at uh, Jackson Wing, for example, the first question a fighter, like, was likely to ask me was, like, how fast can I double my money? And it's (laughs) just, like, every time, just how quickly can you double my money? It's, like, no, it's not that, it's not. That's not what we're talking about here. Haven't you seen what's happening in El Salvador? And they just like don't give a fuck. But well, it's the same
0: thing. It's like when someone someone comes into you know my jujitsu school or whatever. They're like, I can't wait. I want to sign up. I want to learn about jujitsu. Or let's say I want to be a mixed martial artist. This is great when can I get my black belt or, or when, when, when can I be world champion? You're like, no, 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 no. There is a lot of things that need to happen here. This is a complicated process of like really investing time and you got to be into this. It's, you know, people want a quick fix, you know, people yeah. want to do the six minute abs and, 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 <laughs> and uh, uh, and, and just get the perfect body straight away without the work. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, Learning about Bitcoin and understanding uh, its implications, uh, I think, is huge. And and maybe even finding out about what the current system is like first, then learning about Bitcoin. I, I, whatever it is, it's it's not a quick process. It it, it wasn't for me anyway. I, I'm maybe a slow learner, but it, it it takes me time to really work through things and 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 um, get a grasp on things. And and uh, and once I get it, I usually get it. But Um, it's, it it takes time and it starts kind of with, um, you got to have a passion for it. You got to have a genuine interest in it. It's got to go beyond just how much money I can make.
1: Yeah. I think, I think you've probably solved what, what I should have asked those people, which is just like, let's, or told them just like, let's see if you like this first. Like, let me, like, are you interested in that? You know what I mean? Um, so is, is your jujitsu school in Charlotte? It's, in, it's in, uh, in Boston. I, I started oh, okay. uh,
0: a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school with my brother, Keith, uh, back in 2006, I think now, uh, in Boston. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, we, we run it it's technically in Brookline, Massachusetts. And, and um, we've been running that for a little while now. I'm, I'm living in Charlotte. But um, now I'm just kind of, because I have so many other things going on, I'm just, I've just been training at Lucas Lepre's gym here. I don't really have the time to teach as of right now because of work. So I'm just kind of being a student again and, and enjoying the process.
1: Nice. I was gonna yeah. ask if if your gym uh, accepts Bitcoin or would consider accepting Bitcoin <laughs> for students. Oh my
0: gosh, that would that would be amazing. I you know it's I guess it's a deeper discussion. My my brother and I have had our arguments, many arguments over Bitcoin. <laughs> I've been trying to get him to. He owned Bitcoin at one point and sold a uh, long time ago. Unfortunately, uh, so now it's kind of hard for him to be like, I had it when it was so cheap, and now I got to buy it back at like fifty thousand. Is that what you're telling me? You know, I had you Know whatever it was, so uh, so I don't know. Um, I, I would absolutely uh do it, I, I'm sure he would uh be down for accepting Bitcoin for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, pretty pretty interesting. But what, what I am doing to get back to teaching, I now I just kind of teach online and I do online stuff. I'm, I'm releasing a jujitsu instructional in the next couple weeks or so, but uh, oh, really? Um, I, I do miss it, yeah. So I, I still teach and stuff, I still enjoy that process and do seminars and stuff.
1: What, uh, what platform is the jujitsu?
0: I'm going to be, uh, using a platform called teachable, Mm um, the, the teachable platform. So that will be, um, you know, I'll be starting a website and, and kind of, um, doing like a fundamentals course, I guess, kind of anywhere from like your beginner student who already started jujitsu to kind of your more advanced, um, practitioner, but it's, it's more a conceptual, Uh, view of of, um, jiu-jitsu and and, you know how the the different positions work that's not necessarily like an instructional on learning a bunch of moves but more like if you're learning moves this is how you can put it all together this is how it actually works so it's more a a process of getting people to understand jiu-jitsu more than here's a bunch of moves that makes sense
1: yeah oh definitely I think I think um and I'm not you know, an expert jujitsu practitioner, but it is like the one martial art that I want to do (laughs) for the rest of my life. Like, I think it's sustainable, if that makes sense. Yeah, no question. Yeah. So one of the issues, not a huge issue, but I, I, I sometimes wonder if all, I think there's like more ways to teach jujitsu than, uh, have been totally explored yet. And I don't mean just different personality types, but I often get like this formulaic, come in, you know, fraternize, stretch, uh, and then like go through moves and then like jujitsu's at the end. But for someone like me, I, I can't pay attention. Like when we're doing the moves, like I, I don't, you can show me a move 500 times and like I will remember nothing. Like I have to, I have to do it. Like I have to do it. I have to get in that scramble. I have to understand, like I'm a tactile learner, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I just, that's awesome that you have like a, you know, kind of a new video platform way to go through these things.
0: Yeah, I I think, like you said, a lot of people learn differently. um, And I think there's different approaches that kind of resonate with people. um, And I think it's important for people to, you know, you, you can get a bunch of moves now with YouTube and all the different instructionals that are out there. There are literally millions and millions of techniques you can do. Um, but I, I, I don't know if people understand why those moves work necessarily. I think it's more like, put your hand here, do this, do that. And then hopefully he'll get flipped over or do this, do that. And then you'll get a submission. Um, and, and that's fine. Certain, certain people you know, work well that way. But um, I, I think you kind of keyed in on something you were talking about how you're a tactile learner. Well, I think most people are when it comes to Jitsu It's like, you know, jiu-jitsu doesn't care what you want to do. It, it only cares about what's available. And in order to see or feel what's available, you need to be feeling the interaction of the energy between you and your opponent. Um, you know, how do you get underneath someone's center of mass? How are you able to stop someone from coming up? Where do you place your body weight uh, in order to control another human being? You know, what are the control points of the different levers on the body and, and all those things? And I think from there, you can kind of be creative and you can kind of, it allows the practitioner to be a little bit more creative in their process. Once they kind of understand generally how the body is controlled or how it works, then you can kind of take those techniques that you know, or are going to learn and kind of plug it into this system or, 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 you know, you know, use these concepts to kind of help you along in your jiu-jitsu journey, I guess.
1: hmm so one thing I was I was thinking about was the um, Lightning Network and how that um, could be implemented on a website like Flow or on, on your own platform because yes I, I don't know. have you used the Lightning Network ever for, for, uh, I haven't especially? I haven't okay well it's you know the catch is obviously that it's in, it's instant like it's instantaneous yes. so. If you're streaming a podcast uh, and someone says something, you know, hilarious on this live podcast or something, you can send them like 10 tip them or
0: send them money. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. You can do whatever. And uh, I think the f- quickest way people are going to get onboarded to this now is obviously through Twitter um, and through the strike app. So if you haven't downloaded strike app, I highly recommend it because you can turn on tips on your on your Twitter, and people will just send you Bitcoin. That's just... I
0: have it on my phone. I have it on my phone. I have the Strike app, but I haven't integrated oh, really? it into like the Twitter platform and stuff. But I, that's going to be yeah. my next step. Okay, so I, and I guess you just do that on your laptop, and then kind of plug it into your Twitter, or it does it automatically? Uh,
1: it hasn't rolled out for computer yet. Oh, okay, like, like for okay, iOS, gotcha. like you need you you just go to your edit profile on your Twitter and turn it on, and then you just kind of like tell everybody and then everybody gets excited and sends you bitcoin (laughs) it's great
0: that's really cool that's really cool i mean if you think about you know that whole process and how revolutionary that is it's like i don't know how many people you can't just send 10 cents to someone these days really you know and and it be instantaneous and them actually have that money you know the 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 fees to to send money are, are are ridiculous and it seems like you know, Lightning Network is just changing the game altogether. And it's, um, I think that's another thing that's going to kind of bring people on to,
1: to Bitcoin as well. That's what's crazy about it to me too. Um, there's also an option to just put a Bitcoin address, which, I mean, you should use different addresses for different periods yeah. of time. You know, no, keep a stable yeah. Bitcoin address. Just sure. there. But there. But what's interesting is like after... Okay. It's like a trade-off. Like you have to get KYC for a strike, but also the service that they're offering is like super revolutionary for the reasons you said, like, there's no, there's like no commission. It's not like right. uh, Venmo or cash App where when I go to cash out, I have to like do some mental math so that I actually have, you know, the $300 I have to do go like $15 right. extra or something. It's like, no, it's all there. Like no one took any of my money. <laughs> like you paid it, like one, one set, one Satoshi per bite for a routing fee that you don't, you don't even notice it. That's like an 11th of a penny.
0: It's unbelievable. And, and I mean, you think about, I mean, everything, I mean, Visa and all these other, um, you know, banks, all these, these guys got to be shaking in their shoes because, yeah. you know, they, they can't do it more efficiently. They can't do it faster. They can't do it cheaper. Uh, it's, they're all going to have to get on board. It seems, I mean, I I don't know. Um,
1: Really interesting. Well, what's even wilder about it. And this is, this is an area that I'm really excited and really need to like dive into, but I know it's going to be one of those huge time sucks. Is like, if you run your own lightning node and you open enough channels and you start routing payments, like, You've just become Visa, like or Mastercard, right? But better, like you're just you're literally just a money transmitter, pseudonymously in your apartment or whatever, just wiring money all over the world. It's crazy. <laughs> it's wild. It really is. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's so. What kind of like uh, business solutions do you see? Um, Coming from Bitcoin and Lightning, like do you do you see um, any of these for yourself and what you want to build for yourself going forward? I've talked about you know
0: I'm about to release this jujitsu instructional um, in the next couple of weeks, um, and I've talked to my you know business manager about this um, about the possibility of accepting something like Bitcoin um, if people would want to do that, um, and yeah, I I mean again, if I want to get paid in something, I would prefer for it to be Bitcoin. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but more than anything else, you know, when you start, uh, you know, talking about things like the Lightning Network and uh, stuff like that, I, I feel like it's just a, a way easier process. Like it cuts out like three steps, at least three steps in the process. It's like you're actually getting the money that being sent to you. There isn't this like, um, month process or more of waiting for, you know, uh, the money to hit your bank account or whatever. So I think it's something that, you know, if you want to work and get paid in the fastest way possible, like, I don't know, why wouldn't you use the lightning network to to get paid and, and run your business on it? Um, I think that's, probably a big concern for a lot of different businesses, whether, you know, it's one of my jiu businesses or, you know, my online business or, you know, my podcast or whatever it is. I think it's just going to allow uh, businesses to run so much more efficiently and so much quicker. Um, and I, I I get excited with those aspects of it. I, I don't know. Um, I don't want to pretend that I know all about it, um, that I know all the implications of it, but, to me, just, you know, looking from the outside in and, and knowing what I know at this point, it seems like it's going to um, help the functions of business um, tremendously, uh, especially in regards to speed. Um, and, you know, I- I'm sure regards to decision making and and uh, purchasing and uh, saving and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to be revolutionary. So... And, and it already is like, it's changing the way, I don't know. It changes my day to day in, in small ways, but, but more and more. Um, so what do you think, um, like, obviously we have El Salvador, but what do you think is the most bullish thing happening in Bitcoin right now? Jeez.
0: Oh, um, You know, El Salvador, uh, obviously is, is the most fascinating thing to me. I I think that, you know, obviously we have this experiment going on, uh, and, you know, as of right now, if you look at, you know, from, I think from when they purchased, you know, uh, Bitcoin, when they have been distributing it to the people to what the Bitcoin price is at right now, um anytime someone can look at their wallet or see what they were paid in and see that that same money is now worth more than it was before um, it is unbelievable. Um, And, you know, I guess on a global scale, I'm sure there's a lot of other countries that are waiting to see exactly how this plays out, Um, especially in, you know, other parts of, you know, Central and Latin America, South America, um, you know, a lot of their governments um, and a lot of their, uh, monies are kind of, um, you know, relying on the U.S. dollar. Uh, and if the U.S. dollar is losing its purchasing power, then they're losing way more purchasing power, especially when you're talking about, I guess, um, you know, millions of dollars of economic goods that are flowing in and out of the country. I mean, that that affects, I'm sure, their bottom line tremendously. Um, and as far as international business in general, I mean, why wouldn't you have one currency, uh, one Bitcoin is worth one Bitcoin and, you know, um, you know, going through, um, you know, and and the, the changing of monies, I think, is a complicated thing. And um, I think a lot of these countries have been, uh, you know, beaten down uh, because of the U.S. dollar in a lot of ways. And I think that um, looking at El Salvador and seeing how it plays out is going to change a lot, especially if it's successful, which I think it will be. Um, and, and especially in regards to how they're approaching uh, their mining capabilities now, you know, utilizing, uh, geothermal energy yeah. to, uh, mine Bitcoin, is just insane. It feels like we're living in the future. And, um, I think it's going to get a lot of other countries to think out of the box and look for ways to, if they're not having Bitcoin as, as it's uh, legal tender, uh, to look for ways to mine it and, and um, enrich their country in that process
1: dude it's so crazy i just realized the other day i mean volcanic energy is geothermal energy i've got like yeah like ha- half of my family lives on farms that are you know they have like an alternate heat supply that's geothermal like we had geothermal pipes dug like however many hundred feet into the ground and i'm just like wondering like could i hook a miner up to that like what are we doing here guys like let's get more of these right <laughs>
0: like, right
1: Yeah. I don't know. Have you considered mining? Do you want to mine Bitcoin?
0: I I have, I mean, I would, I, I I wish I started the process a long, long time ago. Um, you know, when it was easier now, I don't, I don't know, I guess it's possible for anyone to do it. I I would love to, of course. Um, I, I don't have the, uh, technical knowledge or, uh, information to be able to do it, I guess, uh, efficiently. Uh, but I would love to learn. Uh, and I think that, uh, when when you're seeing these kind of possibilities, you know, come out of places like El Salvador, and whether it's, you know, u- utilizing volcanoes and geothermal energy or solar or whatever it is, I think um, it at least the things that I, I guess I was talking about earlier, where it starts, Bitcoin starts to spread itself out in a lot of different areas. And, you know, what people think, um, may think about Bitcoin thinking that, oh, you know, it's ruining the environment and all this stuff, uh, in the end will actually be potentially solely responsible for improving the environment. You know, if there's an economic benefit to doing it uh, on a grand scale, then you will see the environment improved or you you will see efforts at making things as efficient as possible. So that is pretty fascinating in and of itself. But, um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people I've, I've talked to who, you know, were in the early days of Bitcoin who used to mine it uh, and then spent it on, you know, stupid stuff early on when it wasn't worth very much. I had a Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> student of mine who was mining Bitcoin way back in the day and saying, you know, he was spending it on pizzas or whatever it was. And you know, he's like, you know, I, I laugh about it. But then when I really think about it, I just start crying <laughs> thinking about all the Bitcoin that I lost that I was spending because he thought it was, you know, just uh, going to be another thing. But here we are at 50000
1: That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I have I have the same concern. I'm like, I really want to mine. I think it would be fun. I think it would be, you know, tons of upside, right? But the problem is to do it competitively. Like Bitcoin mining's quietly become like one of the most competitive businesses on the planet. <laughs> like, yeah, I I feel like I'd have to join up with a with a, some kind of group or something. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah.
0: Well, I think that's kind of what makes it, you know, that pretty cool capitalist environment in a lot of ways. It's like if you can't keep up, if you can't produce, uh, you know, cheap energy or, uh, run your business efficiently, you're going to die out. Someone's going to take your place, um, you know, for better or worse. And, and it's playing out not only nationally, but globally. Right. And it's, um, it's, it's fascinating stuff. And again, it's, it's mind blowing that more governments aren't looking for ways to make this a, a, a national, um, issue. Um, I don't
1: know. I would, I don't know. It, I mean, it isn't. It, it, it isn't
0: right because it's, yeah,
1: they might be discreetly. I mean, best case scenario, yeah. like the U.S. government or the CIA or whatever, has been like quietly accumulating Bitcoin just for our nation's sake. Right. I mean, if you, you look, look at the map, I mean, otherwise it's just El Salvador. We we there are departments of the United States that have Bitcoin, but it's because they've seized it from criminals. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, Ross or whoever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but I I also think like on I don't know on a um as far as I don't know like let's say if you look at what happened with Afghanistan right like if if you know I'm literally sending uh, pallets of of cash to Afghanistan and you know handing it out to you know, whoever, you know, locals that I'm working with or tribesmen that I'm working with that I'm, you know, trying to sway over to my side or, you know, getting them to, you know, buy weapons or whatever. It's like that cash is now seized by, you know, some, you know, force that we didn't want to go in there. Right. And, 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 uh, you know, property will be seized by someone who's going to be more powerful and more capable. Um, I think Bitcoin would, would be able to solve a lot of those issues. I mean, uh, sending pallets of cash versus you know transferring Bitcoin over to someone. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I I would think that it would get governments and militaries to kind of think in deeper ways, but
1: I don't know. It's a little bit absurd, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I understand, most of Afghanistan chooses to use like tokens as their money. As opposed to, we tend to use ledgers. I mean, you don't often yeah. use physical cash anymore. It's kind right. of like a very like bottom of the barrel. It's like I got to use quarters to like pay my laundry machine. But like outside of that, we use like ledgers for everything, and they're yeah. such like a disparate, um, almost non-society of tribes that it seems like they're just good with tokens, like. Years gold, you know, the Middle East is one of the places where I think like gold was used and is still used the longest, like a gold, like a gold coin, right? Actual actually. gold coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of it's kind of hard to bring this like distributed ledger technology and say like, hey, you could use this and value this. It's like, dude, I want to go. Like, what can I? I can't do anything with Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> right. No. Sure. Sure. You got to get them on board, but um, I, I guess from a uh, practicality standpoint, you know, uh, if you're dealing in millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, uh, you know, sh- shipping uh pallets of cash on a C 130, you know, to Afghanistan is like silly, and you know, uh, I don't know,
1: but it's incredibly silly, but it's also yeah. one of the ways, I mean, we talk about printing money, there's 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 a couple of things that are happening, and one of them is the central banks simply issue loans. I don't know if I don't know if people recognize this, but like when you when you take out a loan, you're bringing currency into existence, like on some level. And when you pay back a loan, you're you're destroying um, currency again. And when you default on a loan, that's just I guess extra money here to stay. I mean, that's like kind of a simplistic understanding of it. But one of the things that happens when we go to like liberate these other countries is we offload our inflation and we allow for like more kind of like tentacles and branches of government to be created and then be sustained. Like the money just funnels right through them. Those closest to the money printer thrive. The War Department thrives. And the recipients of all that cash, you know, nothing, it doesn't work out for them at all. And, but, but the point is that the inflation is not felt at home for quite some time because the US dollar, we dollarized so many other countries. Right. It's, it gets crazy. I, this is what I was talking about. I'm not even a political person, but Bitcoin makes you interested, like, in how, like, you can't not become interested in how this stuff works. Right.
0: I mean, I mean, just money itself is it's embedded in everything. Uh, and th- there's no question about it. Uh, it. It it gets you to learn about these things. And, um, you know, the, the hope is, is that, you know, as people start moving to a Bitcoin standard, uh, that. Uh, hopefully a lot of those things will be untied. but you can see why there's so much competition for Bitcoin not to take over for, for why people don't want Bitcoin to take over because they essentially have a monopoly on this game. Um, so it's um, it's going to be interesting how things play out. but I, I do think that um, you know the the benefits, Uh, of using Bitcoin far outweigh the current system. And eventually I think technology will win and a lot of things are gonna be demonetized and um, it's just gonna take some more time, but it's happening.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think one of the examples of that that you brought up earlier is like, Bitcoin actually incentivizes renewable energy and renewable energy infrastructures to be built which it turns out doesn't include solar and wind and all these things we were indoctrinated into thinking were like the future in in kindergarten like I don't know about you but I, I remember I remember actually having what felt like months long classes in elementary school where we just went over like like the EPA like renewable solar energy like wind and these are the most unreliable, like, useless systems that have yeah. ever. <laughs> right. It's crazy. I think Bitcoin totally that- will expose them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that that's what's so mind-blowing to me. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just ignorant. But the whole volcano thing is just like, this is a constant force i mean this is a consistent heat source that you know fuels the planet that is responsible for life in the planet it's in the very center of the earth and it comes out every once in a while there's different locations and these are untapped uh amazing resources that could be used for for energy and um i don't know it's uh it's it's fascinating stuff
1: yeah it seems like that wouldn't have been considered maybe because it's hard to transport from the volcano until Bitcoin, but Bitcoin is mm-hmm. energy that can be sent over the internet. So you can right. you can mine remotely. You can harvest that geothermal energy and you can send it to Siberia. You can send it wherever you want. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, yeah, man. I, uh, do you have any um, closing remarks or, or advice you'd give to, uh, interested, uh, potential Bitcoiners?
0: I guess, you know, um, I, I, think a lot of things we've already mentioned, but I think the main thing is that a lot of people think they're too late in the game. Um, and that, um, you know, Bitcoin is, is hard to understand. Um, there, there's certainly a lot of things to understand. Um, but I do think it's possible and I think it's well worth the time, um, your future, is well worth the time the work that you put in is well worth the time and um you know all, all those things um i think are a huge benefit to uh, improving not only your future but the future of your family the future of humanity uh and you know doing that work and um taking those first steps to uh learn about it i, I think is huge and um and, and the other thing I guess I, I should say is just uh, a big thank you to the Bitcoin community for um, all the information that is out there and that I've learned um, and what it's done to help me um, understand things uh, much better. And, and it's a work in progress and I'm doing my best to understand as much as I can. Um, but uh, it, I, I think it's an optimist's game. Um, and I think that uh, it brings an optimism and a positivity uh, that is unlike a lot of other things out there. Um, and, you know, for me, I, I think that's extremely important. And um, so I'm, I'm just very grateful for uh, the information that I've learned and, and um, you know, the awesome community that's out there that's willing to share that
1: information. Yeah. 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 Yeah.